0: Welcome to Podcast Ed, the podcast of RedefinedOnline.org, covering the stories behind the new definition of public education. On this episode, Step Up for Students president, Doug Tuthill, talks with Rabbi Moshe Matz, executive director of Agudath Israel of Florida, an advocacy organization for the disparate members of the Orthodox Jewish community. The two discuss the role education choice plays in protecting the culture and traditions of the Jewish faith. Rabbi Matz discusses the conception of education and learning as a central component of what defines the Jewish people. The two also discuss HB 7045, a landmark choice bill recently passed by the Florida legislature and how its impact will greatly benefit more families in the Jewish school community. Thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. I'm excited to have Rabbi Moshe Matz with us today. Uh, Rabbi is the executive director of Agudath Israel of Florida. And I also say that um, I need to confess to our listeners that uh, you're one of my favorite human beings. Um, you have a wonderful sense of humor, very dry, very clever. Uh, you're very polite and um, you're just a good guy. And, and I've always admired your, your political skills. You're very skilled uh, politically. Um, and so all that together, um, really, I uh, have really enjoyed our relationship. And I want to tell you how much I appreciate you being on, on the podcast with
1: us. Well, it's really my pleasure and honor. And I, and I must admit as well, Doug, that you are on the top 10 favorite list of mine as well. You are really an extraordinary person and, and also an inspiration in your leadership and in your sincere and I mean that very, very sincere care for all the children here in Florida and wanting to see the best for all of them. It's really a wonderful thing and I'm so happy to be able to work with you and it's really a pleasure to count you as a friend.
0: Well, thank you Rabbi and, and I enjoy your friendship also. So let's start a little bit about um, Agudath Israel. Not a lot of people understand exactly what the organization is and what it does. Um, why don't you give people a little bit of an, of an overview of what the organization does.
1: Well, it's really a fascinating um, history. I'm not going to give you the full version of it, but you know we go back well over a hundred years, and yeah. it began in in Europe, pre World War II, mm-hmm. uh, with the idea of having giving the Orthodox Jewish community a voice with which they can advocate for the the issues that they were confronting at that particular moment, and um, and the idea was to bring together. Uh, Jewish communities from disparate parts of the world at that time throughout Europe, which didn't always really interact with each other because distances, and there was no technology, of course, to, to mm. allow for that and and create a sort of like a union that would bring together uh, Jews from different backgrounds, from different parts of the world, and, and work together for the common interests of, of the Orthodox Jewish community. Until today, um that is what is the uh the essence of what our organization stands for uh one of the unique qualities of our organization and and, and i'll explain in a second that it's a very broad base in terms of the work that we do but one of the unique qualities of it is that it's actually uh, headed and guided by um, the torah sages of that particular generation and every issue that we confront is always uh, brought to their attention and they are the ones that Sort of like give us the the lead on how to proceed on on whatever issue it may be. and it's always for us such a fascinating opportunity to interact with with those leading sages and and usually they're very elderly at a certain point you know and, and you see their own historical perspective and their knowledge and, and, and guidance is really and counsel is really something that that's uh, priceless.
0: I, I was honored one time to have a, a meeting in your building in Washington DC. A bunch of rabbis got together for lunch, and that was as animated a conversation as I've ever experienced. We were in two rooms over, and our room was vibrating from the intensity of the discussion. And I know that's a that's a tradition um, in your communities that um, it's very open. it's, it's very um, a very exciting uh, opportunities to to share ideas and learn from each other. So um, I, I was I was very impressed with how dynamic the environment was uh, when I when I visited in Washington.
1: Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Yes.
0: So talk specifically about the issues you work on in Florida. You're obviously um, one of the top education choice advocates in the state, and you work a lot in the area of education. Are there other issues you guys work on in Florida?
1: We have, um, you know, a broad base of issues. Um, Religious freedom is definitely on the top of the list of some of the things that that we're constantly advocating for and being vigilant of, because you never know what these things are. you know, one minute to the next things can change dramatically. Um, and uh, we're also seeing a tremendous growth in our community, which, you know, is putting us in a position where we have to now also advocate for, you know, for allowing for that growth to happen in a, in a very uh, you know, safe and secure way and that it's done properly and that we have good interaction with our elected officials so that, uh, you know, everything happens in the correct way.
0: Yeah, I know with the pandemic, um, there's been a big influx of folks from the Northeast, particularly uh, in the Jewish community, coming down to Florida. Have you seen a lot of that, uh, people coming down?
1: Oh, definitely we're seeing a tremendous uptick in interest, um, people actually making the move. I think one of the things that most encourages people, besides the weather, of course, is, um, and the kosher food that here we have (laughs) in South Florida. I can only suggest to you that come visit, and you'll see for yourself, it's really something. You know, I think that the options that we have here in terms of the choice scholarship programs and educational choices that we've developed here in the state of Florida is definitely a magnet for people because, as we'll discuss, I'm sure, you know, this is a central part of what our our, um, community really uh, needs for for its growth.
0: Yeah, before we dive into that, and we're going to spend most of our time talking about the importance of education choice in the uh, Orthodox Jewish community. I wanted, I wanted you to share your story because you've told it with me a, a couple of times, but how you got here, I think, is a fascinating story and, and helps put in context why you think education choice and religious freedom and other kinds of freedoms are so important. So if you don't mind, just give our listeners a little bit of, of the history of of, of how Rabbi Matz got to be Rabbi Matz.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, this is a, a boring story, really. I, I, find it, I find it
0: fascinating, Rabbi
1: well, it's, you know, my parents emigrated to to America from Cuba, um, but their parents came to Cuba on their way to America. But there was a quote at that time and they came from Europe, Eastern Europe. Uh, my grandfather, from my, my paternal grandfather was from Lithuania. My maternal grandmother was from Poland. Of course, they were always on the run. There was ter- terrible persecution throughout, even prior to, to the Holocaust they arrived and ultimately um, their entire families were wiped out in the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. And um, they developed a community in Cuba. Interestingly enough, you know, it was a beautiful island and it it had ample freedom and they developed. And then of course we know what happened in 1958, 1960, they left and came to the US of A where uh, they settled here in Miami. And I was born here. Uh, I'm a Floridian uh, through and through. Uh, we can't tell from my tan. I know the people on <laughs> the podcast can't tell from that. but But, um, yeah, so we, I'm a Floridian. And the truth is that, you know, uh, my parents felt it was, a, you know, essential for for the re... How do I put it? The rebuilding of the Jewish people to ensure that the that their kids would have all the necessary opportunity to enjoy an education that would afford them of a knowledge and understanding of what it means to be part of our community and our heritage and and how to live life as a practicing Jew and uh, I went to school here I did go to public school for for a number of years as I was growing up and then eventually I went to uh, to a Hebrew academy Jewish school here in Miami Beach and then I went to yeshiva in in Baltimore where I spent many years Israel for a number of years and then came back to Miami. I was actually living in Mexico for a few years doing some work there as a, as a rabbi and came back to Miami now 20 years ago where uh, my wife, myself, and now thank God our 11 children and uh, we're able to really develop our family and, and make a home here and, and really dedicate our lives to help the community as best we can.
0: Well, thank you for sharing and I, and some grandchildren too, right?
1: Yes, yes, yes. But they don't live here. Uh, <laughs> I have they, to go visit them.
0: But they still count. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, they do. They do.
0: So let's talk about education choice. I, I know that it's a really critical part of the Jewish community to be able to educate children in the traditions, like you just said, to, to maintain the faith, to maintain the community. And certainly, as you said, the the persecution over over centuries has um, really um made it really important that your community be very vigilant about protecting themselves and and protecting their traditions and their community. So talk about the role that education choice plays in that in that mix.
1: Well, that's, like you said, very central. And and I'd like just to give an understanding of the way we view the concept of education as a whole. You know, normally uh, when we talk about education, and rightfully so. We look at it as, as a means to an end. We want to provide people with tools, and education is the most important tool of all, to be able to accomplish certain things in life. And, and the more education you have, the more you'll be able to accomplish those things. For, in the Jewish faith, it's really not like that. Learning and, and education is not a means to an end. It, it's really an end in and of itself. You know, our life is a life of learning. Our focus of learning is something that encompasses, you know, every person all the time. We don't finish it. And it's not like we graduate at a certain point and that we're finished. Now we can just build off of that. You know, I'm sure, you you know, you've heard of one of Agudath Israel's greatest uh, projects is the study of a folio of Talmud on a daily basis. And it takes seven and a half years to conclude the Talmud. And then after seven and a half years, there's a huge celebration. You know, the last one was right before the pandemic, January 1st, actually, where we celebrated uh, the conclusion of the study of the Dafyomi, of the Talmud, uh, one folio a day. And the celebration was in MetLife Stadium with 100,000 people there present and satellite celebrations all over the world. And it was just an extraordinary experience, but it was a celebration of learning. It was the celebration of adult men, children, women, everybody, the learning as a central component of what defines us as a people, because we don't stop learning. It's actually a fascinating thing. In Hebrew, the word for education, chinuch, also is the word that we would use when we inaugurate something, like a new building, an inauguration, exact same word. And I think the reason behind that is because the idea of how we educate, is that we should always view it as we're starting something new and fresh, an opportunity to revisit something and continue to learn. Like even if we did it a hundred times before, it's gonna be like the first time. And that really what animates us. And the truth of the matter is, it's what defines the Jewish people and has protected us throughout. You mentioned persecution. It came to mind, you know, that during the Holocaust, so many people lost everything, family, possessions, they perished, and the few that survived, one thing that was a recurring theme that I heard was they maybe they were able to take away my family. They took my money. They took even my dignity. But they couldn't take away my learning, what I had in my mind and what I had in my heart. That's something that can never be robbed. So education for us is what keeps us eternal. I remember my grandfather, may he rest in peace, at the age of 90, I had come visiting from yeshiva. I happened to have been learning at that time in Cleveland. A yeshiva that was once in Lithuania was transported to Cleveland with the few survivors that existed. And those great rabbis established a wonderful institution there that's still today there. Um, and I came home to visit him. He was 90 at that time. It was actually a couple months before he passed away. And he asked me, what are you learning in the yeshiva? And I told them the particular tractate that we were doing. And he recited by heart the whole first page and I was blown away. I said, but Zaidi grandfather, when was the last time you learned this? He says when I was in yeshiva and I was 18 years old or 15 years old. Wow. And it stayed with him all that time. So I think that's to me an example of how much it etches itself into our minds and hearts. That's who we are.
0: So talk about education choice movement in Florida and how that all fits in.
1: It's so it's so amazing what we have here in Florida, really, and and the growth. What what choice means, you know, I look at it from a different. i look at it from a perspective of you know the, what this country was built on. The bedrock foundation of this country was religious freedom, the Constitution. The country was built on that principle, and to be able to to create an environment. I think I, I remember hearing a podcast of yours recently where you spoke about the Blaine Amendment, and and how that was you know, instituted to limit access to religious education, right. which which really flies in the face of what we are as a country. Right. So when we're able to open that up and, and understand how valuable it is to the fabric of what this country was established for, educational choice becomes a way for us to accomplish that, giving people the right and the ability to and parents really the, the, the authority to have that 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 voice and say for their kids of how to best educate them and, and, and give them their traditions and give them their, which is really beautiful. I've said once uh, in, in, in another opportunity that, that educational choice really is the secret to creating a healthy, diverse community that can coexist with each other. Because when you help develop people, the way they are with their traditions, and also teaching them the respect of coexistence. You create a beautiful tapestry of life that everybody can exist together and work together. We find common uh, issues that we can work hand in hand. And it's a really a special thing. And I'm, I'm going to add one more point, I think, which is really important for us too, when we look around the opportunities that, we're, that, that that school choice provides for underprivileged families and people that don't necessarily have access to the best quality education. I think we've said that in many ways, this is the civil rights issue of our time. It, it's more than that though, it's, it is that. And it's also the greatest equalizer of our time, that which can give people the true tools for success and having a meaningful and purposeful life. So I think school choice is the key to turning around a a, a, um, a society and a culture that today is 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 sad and and, and and unfortunately divided, to creating an environment of unity and and opportunity and more than anything else hope hope for their for for futures to develop in a way that's successful and and people can really make a difference and feel life has purpose and meaning. Which when you feel life has purpose and meaning, you know nothing can stop you.
0: So I know a lot of folks in the Orthodox community um, really feel like K through 12, they need their child in a a Jewish uh, environment. Um, And a lot of times, you know, without scholarships, uh, your community oftentimes has big families like you have 11. Educating 11 children is uh, could be expensive if you had to pay private school tuition out of your pocket the whole time. So uh, talk about, you know, um, the ability to use the scholarships to allow families to access in your community, how important it is for them to be able to afford to give their children what they want to give them.
1: Absolutely. Um, It's important. It's important to understand, you know, our 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 day is long in school. You know, we, we, we start early in the morning and we end quite late in the afternoon. Because you have a dual curriculum, you know they have a lot of hours that they spend learning religious subjects, and a lot of hours that we spend learning, you know, the secular subjects.
0: Right.
1: So you have a long day, and a very um, intense study environment, and it's very costly. You know, it's it's something that, you know, parents make every effort. They know that this is not one of those things that we can, you know, choose not to do. It's not something that we will try to cut corners on. We want to provide the best education possible in like you said the environment that represents our values to us and our continuation so parents make the effort but it's very very expensive especially when you have a big family so um having an opportunity to provide these scholarships not just allows these families to send their kids to school and allow these families to have the education that they feel is the most success, the one that's going to give them greatest success for their family, but also peace of mind at home. You know, when you come home from school, how that environment feels at home is so crucial to the success of that child, that you can come home and your home is relaxed and calm and fun and excitement because there's that pressure. It is not imposing itself in the family and in the home. So you have an environment where in school and at home can work together to provide the best options for those kids. I think it's a great... I don't think we could survive without it. That's the truth. I'm going to be very honest with you. You know, it would have been very difficult and, and, and I don't think our institutions and our community could have accomplished as much as we have been able to without it.
0: Wow. So the Florida legislature, by the time this podcast runs, the Florida legislature will probably have passed a, a new education choice bill. that has a lot of features in it. And I know you worked hard on the bill. Your community worked hard on the bill. Talk a little bit about how you think this bill is going to strengthen the education choice programs in Florida.
1: Well, I mean, you know, anytime there's a global view to this, you know, anytime expansion is taking place in school choice, it's good. We want to see as many children and as many families have those options available to them. You know, seeing the the, that the system is going to be more streamlined, allowing for, you know, the the. scholarships that we have for children with special needs to be more accessible you know in our community we have a real need for this you know and 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 it was an impediment having to have the prior public school to being able to access a lot of these funding uh, uh, you know options that were available and now that's going to become a huge help to those families and those children and i think that's going to be amazing hopefully we'll see you know uh, the 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 income eligibility is also gonna be very, very helpful. So I see this really being extre- extremely impactful. And I really have to give an, a, an extraordinary word of appreciation to our legislators that have really fought for this and pushed hard. They're amazing warriors for school choice. Uh, Florida, we're very lucky. We're very lucky in the state of Florida. We have a great uh, team of, of legislators and a governor and, and, and that really you know, have our back in this regard. And at the same time, with people, for people like you and and, and the whole team of, of, of people that are dedicated for this. I mean, it really, it's a team effort. And I see how much everybody, you know, the roles that everybody plays, how important it is, how vital it is for the community and for this to happen. So, I mean, this is going to be very transformational. And I think I expect that there'll be even further growth as the years go on. God
0: willing. Really. You know, Representative Randy Fine, who uh, rep- represents a community in South Florida that has a lot of Jewish um voters in that in that district was really uh, one of the strong people to inc- increase the income level a little bit because he felt like a lot of kids in his community and other communities you know weren't able to access um the, the schools because the scholarships you know uh, were lower income but he was hoping middle class kids could have some accesses too so um i i i know that your community um played a really critical role in in, in working with him and, he, and it wouldn't have happened without him. So um, uh, that was yeah, a very, he's amazing. Yeah. Representative Finance is an
1: amazing person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's a great advocate and a, a, a very strong, strong advocate, <laughs> strong personality. You need those. Yes, For sir. Sure. Yes, sir. Um, talk about the future. I mean, um, where do you see this, this going? What kind of additional improvements? So you mentioned that um, you're sure that things are going to improve in the future. And I think that's right. What kind of additional improvements would you like to see in, in Florida's education choice programs?
1: Uh, I'd like to see it, you know, for me right now, what's important is its stability so that it can grow and be stable. Um, I think that um, we need to develop a good dialogue in terms of understanding the, the, the place of religious schools in our community and how important you know, to allow for that to develop in a way that keeps the schools autonomous and protected and safe from from perhaps some of the winds of, of the culture of the time. You know, respecting each other for what we can offer the community. I think this is very important and those are things that we need to safeguard in the future. You know, I, I see that thank God the, the energy for for school choice in our state is growing. And I see that, you know, people are very proud to identify themselves with the movement. And not just in our state, by the way, in the country as a whole, I think we're seeing that yeah. that happen. And I just to me I feel that the more people that become eligible, the better. The more people that can access it, the better. And just safeguarding and protecting it, I think, is going to be really, really important for our future to to have this as a as a given in our state, which I think it is already. You know, we know it's it's part of the tapestry of education in the state of Florida. And I just wanna see it, you know, it really safe and secure.
0: You're a very shrewd political mind. Um, And as you know, um, we've struggled over the years to make this as bipartisan as possible. We've made some progress, but obviously there's more progress to be made. There are people who really um, are convinced that giving families choices and, and, and giving them options is somehow hurting the larger public good. What's your thoughts about how we can try to bring people together? You would think that equal opportunity and and giving people the freedom to meet their children's needs in in the ways that best fit their family and their community would have broad bipartisan support. How do you I mean, we've been working on this for a long time. What's your sense of how we can finally get to the promised land in terms of people all coming together and and working side by side as opposed to to fighting uh, some of these efforts?
1: Wow, that's the million-dollar question though, Doug. (laughs) Um, I, I can't agree with you more. I think you're right that this is really important and and sometimes i felt you know throughout the many years that we've been working on this that we took one step forward and then two steps back and it's like hello are are we making an advancement and we're reaching that very crucial bipartisan support and we've had really powerful advocates on both sides of the aisle throughout the years and and they deserve a lot of credit for getting us this far in the process but you know unfortunately we're living in a time where where the political divide is very significant and I think we need to lower the temperature of that and sort of like educate our legislators as to what the benefits are. I think many times, and and, um, this is something that I experienced talking with a legislator that was opposed to the program. And when I asked them why, you know, they gave a very like, you know, uh, how do I put it? Uh, Like they were reading off a script. Yeah very scripted responses and then when you talk to them and, and you educate them about it they become all of a sudden disarmed and at the same time almost like saying, you know, I really don't see what's wrong with this. you know it, there is still a political you know uh, pressure that I think exists and I'm not sure how that can be combated other than you know people voting with their conscience and, and understanding that as a public servant, It's okay to lose an election to do what's right, you know, sometimes it's okay to do that. Uh, I know it's hard. I'm not in their shoes, so I'm not going to judge them. But uh, I think also we have to learn to not make enemies of people who disagree with us. I think it's really important to retain and maintain friendships with all our legislators across the aisle. And some of them might have valid reasons for why they're not happy with the program. That's fine. But I think if we maintain a very cordial relationships and we're able to communicate with each other and find common ground, eventually they'll be able to support some elements of our movement.
0: Given how polarized the politics is in our country right now, it would be nice to find some issues where people can come together and you would hope that children would be one of those issues. I mean, who who doesn't love children? Who doesn't want the very best for children? So... There's a lot of common ground there. We just got to keep working on on figuring out what's the win-win solution for everybody. And, you know, you're going to play a major role in that because you have this wonderful way about you uh, that's very disarming. And so hopefully, um, you know, we can make some progress.
1: Well, I look forward. And as we've marched together hand in hand a couple of times in Tallahassee with some great leaders, and I look forward to being able to continue to work with you and with our team uh, and continue to march forward because I think... There's so much to gain and so much to accomplish and so many lives to change and so many beautiful stories still to develop of peoples and the, uh, you know, young men and women from all communities and their success stories, which always bring tears to our eyes when we hear them.